Hello and welcome to the Top Water Podcast. We're two weeks into the Cricket World Cup. New Zealand's got four wins from four. It's a beautiful sunny day here in Auckland. I ripped my trousers as I was uh, getting tangled up in the seat that I'm sitting in. But it's a great day, Baldy. Let's talk about all of that and much, much more coming up right after this. Baldy, maybe we don't need to talk about absolutely everything I said in that uh, that intro, but uh, yeah, beautiful, beautiful sunny day here in Auckland. Great start uh, for New Zealand. Big, big win. Not without its wobbles, uh, but yes, very nice start for New Zealand to, to, to be four and four after two weeks of this tournament. Yeah, fantastic start for New Zealand to this World Cup to go four and four. In the last sort of four or five days, it's been a case of life imitating video games as, you know, Cricket World Cup meets Mario Kart. And by what I, what I mean is that there's been banana skins everywhere. And this was a yet another banana skin game mm. for New Zealand. Afghanistan riding high after their previous win. Let's start with the the start of the game and the and the decision to bowl first for Afghanistan. A strange one. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I, I mean, I don't, I'm really confused why teams... I feel like teams are not wanting to bolt, uh, bat first in this World Cup. It feels like teams... Uh, they've talked a little bit about it in commentary, whether it's the T20 factor or whatever it is, sort of everyone feels more comfortable now chasing. And, and I guess with Dew as well around, people aren't quite sure, is that going to be a factor? Is it not going to be a factor? So maybe if we bowl first, then we'll know what we have to chase and all of that kind of stuff. But I think it had a big part to play in this game. I, I, you know, the, we're we're about to talk about you know go through it step by step and lots of different things. But yeah, I, I think at the way that it started to turn later on in the day, I, I think Afghanistan are sitting back thinking, "Gee, we we would have liked to be chasing, or we would have liked to be bowling second on that on that pitch." Yeah, it's very difficult to predict the the impact that that Dew's going to have on on the bowling conditions because if you've got a team that's full of spinners and and the dew does set in and the ball becomes slippery obviously very hard to get purchase and turn but if it doesn't uh, then you end up with a situation like we were in where New Zealand were able to exploit those bowling conditions i think for afghanistan though if i were them i would be wanting to do I'd be wanting to I'd be wanting to delay the trump card that I have as long as possible and that's my spin bowling. So maybe they wanted to go well actually our spin bowling is our strongest suit. We want to play our strongest card that we've gotten in the deck early on in the early on in the trick. Um and and that's why they they chose to bowl first. You know, restrict New Zealand to a gettable score. <clears throat> Gerbats and, you know, Ibrahim etc go big at the top. Um, and, and we make light work of the chase. But I think for them, actually, the the, the method that worked for them was the, the method they employed against England. Attack early, set a great target, and then use their spinners to try and really put a lot of pressure on the uh, on the chasing batters. Not to be. Um, <clears throat> New Zealand did bat first, got away to a pretty good start. Yeah, they did. It it, uh, it could have been a little bit different. I think we'll, we might, yeah, we'll probably talk about Afghanistan's fielding but uh yeah New Zealand cautious start we, we've been cautious I think this this whole World Cup apart from that England game really um obviously Rutchen and and uh, Devin Conway just got off to a flyer in that game but apart from that we've been pretty subdued sort of uh making sure that we hold wickets in hand get through sort of almost get through that first 10 overs is what we're looking to do without too much damage done 
and then start to build, then pick up. You know, the first 10 overs for New Zealand, I think they were 43 for one. Then the next 10 over spell, Rutchen and Will Young started to get going and they put 66 for none off that next 10 overs. And, you you know, New Zealand were, were 109 at 20 overs for one, looking, you know, looking like a, on on track for a very big score. Rutchen was starting to time it, played a couple of really nice shots through mid-off. And Will Young was hitting beautifully down the ground. He's, he's very, very good at that shot, coming down the wicket off spinners, hitting back over their heads for six. And he played, you know, some really, really good shots. They, they attacked Muhammad Nabi, put him under pressure. Had I think he went for about 25 off his first three overs. So, yeah, it was all looking very rosy for New Zealand at the 20-over mark. Mm, it was. And, and to be fair... Afghanistan dropped some pretty easy chances early. There was a there was a catch to, uh, to cover that that really should have been taken at international level. There was a catch to slip that was dropped that was probably should have been taken at international level. I think Afghanistan will be very disappointed with their catching in this game and in the first ten overs in particular, where they had an opportunity to put a top order that's in form under real pressure. Mm. Uh, they were able to do that in the twentieth over. You know, Ravindra then Will Young, then Mitchell all go. Mitchell's dismissal was was pretty soft. Um, but, you know, you go from 100 for one to 110 for four or 109 for one to 110 yeah. for four in the, space of, in the space of an over and a half. And there's now a lot of work to do for a middle order that hasn't had a lot of batting in this World Cup. And they really had to consolidate. And it took them about 10 overs to do it, right? So, you know, um, Afghanistan were able to put a 10-over spell together where they only conceded sort of 20, 30 runs in that time. And New Zealand had to really work their way out of trouble. But they did that. Yeah, and it, you're, you're spot on because New Zealand, I think they went 10 overs without a boundary. They, uh, I think they 29 for, for three off that, you know, 21 to 30 spell. It was pretty tough going. And, you know, I, I, New Zealand was really struggling to rotate the strike. Afghanistan spinners, you know, Nabi came back on, started whizzing through some overs. Rashid Khan bowled very tightly, as you know, as he generally does. And yeah, it, it was it was really really hard for New Zealand to get away. And, and Afghanistan, you know, they're they're going to take a lot of stick for their fielding. Their fielding was, you know, you mentioned a couple there. Will Young was on one when he was dropped. Rachin Ravindra was on zero. You know, they, there was later examples in the 40th over and, and all of that kind of stuff where they dropped some, you know, even easier chances from on Tom Latham. But they bowled really well. They Their bowlers did a wonderful job. And, and all the way through, you know, a couple of the, the last six overs for New Zealand, we might, we might talk about as well. But Afghanistan did a lovely job. And what I want to, I mean, you guys talked uh, yesterday, I think, about that New Zealand middle order and, and the fact that they, they they hadn't had many opportunities to to actually you know contribute in this this World Cup. They hadn't been needed, and I think when I look at this game, I'm really really delighted because we had to fight. We had to fight really hard to put up that score, but they did. They took their time and they kind of knew that once they got going and once they got in, they could cash in later on in that innings. And they really did. It was a terrific performance uh, from Raj yesterday to suggest that the New Zealand middle order weren't going to get a bet. Uh, a wonderful piece of butterfly effect work from him there to ensure that Latham, Phillips, Chapman and Santa, Santa all got some some time in the middle against Afghanistan. And as you say, terrific for New Zealand's long-term World Cup prospects that those guys were all able to get in and make valuable contributions 
uh, notwithstanding that they they probably all sh- or not all of them but most of them should have been out early doors right mm. um afghanistan as good as their bowling was and it was fantastic uh, in terms of being able to bowl really tight and restrict a, a powerful new zealand middle order their fielding really let them down and, and it could have been a very very different chase for afghanistan um you know we need to give credit to new zealand's batters they did terrifically i thought you know Glenn Phillips was excellent. Um, Tom Latham was excellent in terms of being able to steady the ship. And I think that's the value of having him in the, in the lineup at that number five position. If they are in a bit of poo, he can apply a bit of red ball, bat long periods, mm. a bit of nous about his game. And he could also go through the gears as well. So I think he's a perfect man for New Zealand at that number five position. Um, yeah, he you're you're spot, up to, you're spot on yeah, there with, you're spot on there with Latham because he he's a very versatile player and you know there's we don't often I don't think we really talk about his one day batting you know nearly enough and and he does offer those those different aspects and and the calmness I think is is something you you pointed out there because you know we like Phillips was man of, man of the match in this game he's he's uh you know he's the one who hits the big sixes near the end of the innings and and probably is the one that when people look through those highlights they'll they'll think oh gee that was a great Glenn Phillips innings but you know Phillips took 69 balls to get his 50 I think the one thing you know if I'm going to be critical of Glenn Phillips and, and we often talk about how it'd be great to see him further up the order I think the reason he's not further up the order and something he's going to have to work on a little bit if he wants to get up the top of the order on a more regular basis is that ability to rotate strike. I don't, I don't think he does that nearly enough. And it's some, particularly off spinners, he finds it quite hard to hit the gaps at times. And look, he, he's a wonderful player and he's able to cash in later. And um, the way they talked about it at the end, he said that, uh, you know, him and Latham talked during that innings and they said, okay, look, we just have to be there with six overs to go. And if the two of us are there with six overs to go, we can get 60 more from those six overs, which was, you know, I think, Another really positive way that probably New Zealand have talked about, it's been talked about New Zealand a lot in this World Cup, how they're very good at sort of figuring out what needs to be done and what's a good score on this wicket. And the two of them obviously assess that situation. They assess the bowlers as well because they they assess that, you know, uh, Mujib's going to be finished, Rashid's going to be finished, and we're going to have six overs where those guys aren't around and we can start to to really put the foot down. And and they did that beautifully well. But yeah, I think Phillips, Phillips some work to do on, on actually rotating the strike. And that's what Latham was able to do nicely. Just just kind of keep that calmness and, and keep the control while New Zealand were rebuilding their innings. And it was a big rebuild. Yeah, a great, great rebuild from, from Latham and Phillips in particular. I think if, if Glenn Phillips gets more responsibility, I think he'll rise to the occasion in terms of being able to rotate the strike more often when he's up the order. I think when he's down the order... His license is to go out and hit big boundaries. Mm. You know, he can wait two or three balls to get the four ball, you know, to, to get the, the, four, the four ball or the six ball. So, yeah, I'm not particularly concerned by that, but it would be something that he would have to change if he went up the order. Look, the reality is for New Zealand, if Afghanistan hold their catches, they're chasing 220-230 here. What transpired is that they didn't hold their catches. They let themselves down in the field rather badly, I think, for an international side. That oh, yeah. has just come off beating the world champions, Asterix world champions. <laughs> As it was, they ended up chasing 288. And 288 was just too big a hill to climb if you lose uh, Gerbats and Ibrahim early doors. I thought Santner and 
Henry were outstanding again. Yeah, yeah, spot on. And and um, we should, you know, we were talking about just to finish off on the batting. We should give Mark Chapman a shout out. You know, you, you said very limited opportunities for him so far in this World Cup. Comes in, gets twenty five off twelve, and and that was, you know, that was crucial to kind of put us over the edge because you know we got in another good position two fifty four for two fifty four for four off forty seven three overs to go, and go bang bang again and lose a couple of wickets lose Latham lose Phillips so you know Chapman to come in and finish the job was excellent but as you say you know you guys I think we talked about it or last Afghanistan game when they played against England we talked about how that top order is so important and and I thought you know 280 okay we've got 280 290 on the board here it's really really crucial that this first 10 overs for New Zealand goes well because Afghanistan's going to come out and have a crack and then they didn't really. Like New Zealand bowled really, really well. But Gerbats, I thought, I thought he was going to go. I thought, you know, Afghanistan will come out here and they will really try and make sure that they will try and go. Okay, well, we want to be on seventy after ten. We want to really put, you know, get going, get going. And and maybe he was just about to do that because, you know, they. Were, I think he was four off his first eighteen balls in the sixth over. He hits Matt Henry back over his head for six. Beautiful shot. And then Matt Henry pulls out a, a beautiful, beautiful delivery to go through the gate and, and hit the stumps. And, and yeah, from then on, next over, Trent Bolt gets a leading edge. Afghanistan, two for two for, two for 27. Lockie Ferguson bowls a short one. Mitchell Santa takes a stunning, stunning catch. We talked about some some terrible fielding in, in this uh, game. There was That was... That was a beautiful catch from from Mitch Santner to to get the third wicket in it, forty three for three. Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty pretty going always going to be pretty tough work for Afghanistan from there. Yeah, absolutely, big hill to climb it at forty for three. I want to give Henry and Bolt credit up the top though because we saw in the England game, Gerbats in particular, but also Ibrahim murdered anything ferocious on anything that was wide or short. Yeah, they didn't get anything in those areas. They might have got one or two, maybe, but. New Zealand were really, really disciplined with the lines and lengths that they bowled to those two openers, kept them in check, kept them in check, kept them in check. And it was a terrific piece of bowling from Matt Henry, who I now think is the leading wicket taker in the World Cup. So he certainly might was be, when, he, when he made that dismissal. Setna might have gone past him at the, at the back end of the innings. But, yeah. but those two guys that have been outstanding for New Zealand. We saw a swing from Trent Bolt. I was really impressed with the, the return from Trent Bolt. Came back, got a key wicket when they needed yes. it. Um, two, for se- two for 18 off his seven. Uh, a terrific return from him. We haven't seen as much from Trent Bolt over the course of this World Cup. He's been a little bit quiet, but that is a terrific return from Trent Bolt. And not that he needed it to, but that will give him a lot of confidence going forward. Yeah, look, those those three seamers now, because I think we can throw Lockie Ferguson in the mix with the way he's bowled in these last couple of games. Those three seamers are doing a great job. And, you know, we we I think when we were thinking about this World Cup, there was a lot of uh, who is going to be that third seamer for New Zealand. You know, how, how are we going to manage this bowling attack? I assumed that, you know, we're in India, Ish Sodi will play a lot of games. But, you know, they've decided to go with Lockie in these last couple of games. And it's it's really paid off. And, and these three seamers, if they're going well, if we can bank on Mitch Santner to go well, then that's 40 overs just about that you can go, OK, New Zealand's going to do a pro- very professional job with these 40 overs. Yes, we're having to find another 10. And Rutchen again was, you know, had his moments today, got, a, got an important wicket when, uh, you know, right when it seemed like he was starting to go for a few runs. But still, you know, when it sixes, it's it's a challenge for him at times just to keep his control. He does, 
you know, I, I really like the way he bowls. I think when he gets it right, he looks really, really good. Phillips obviously can can come in and bowl a few overs. You guys have talked about the the quality of New Zealand's spin attack and and uh, you know how how important Glenn Phillips has been to that throughout this World Cup so far. But yeah, look, you know, New Zealand's bowlers deserve a huge amount of credit to to come in again and kind of figure out what was needed on that pitch. I think what uh, what the Afghanistan bowlers did is they just bowled stump to stump. You said it before; they didn't give width, and New Zealand again came back and did that with their seamers, figured out, you know, the sh- the need to bowl short at times on that wicket, and then it started to spin, and uh, Mitch Santner took full toll of that later on in the innings. Absolutely. And just to give just to give those New Zealand bowlers some credit, so Henry bowled five overs, bowled 22 dot balls in those five overs. Bolt bowled seven overs, bowled 32 dot balls. Wow. Ferguson bowled seven overs, bowled 32 dot balls. So a terrific, a terrific job by New Zealand seamers to bowl 75% of the deliveries they bowled to those Afghani batters were dot balls. Also, probably on the flip side, Afghanistan were in a hole quite a bit, had to dig their way out, couldn't afford to take too many risks with quick singles and so forth. Um, <clears throat> but just a case of New Zealand being able to use their seam bowlers this time uh, to put a bit of a run rate squeeze on Afghanistan. Can we talk about Afghanistan? Uh, sorry, can we talk about Santner's ball to Mohammed Nabi, please? Ah. Oh. Just as as one spinner to another. Oh, it's that gonna, gave me absolute delight on the replay this morning. It, it's gonna it's gonna be replayed in my house uh, quite a few times today, I think, and and maybe even over the next couple of days. Yeah, that that's what you dream about, isn't it? Pitches your pitches on middle and leg, spins across the across the batter is, is the is the key part. Spins across the batter and hits the top of the top of off stump. Just you know, you know how much I love through the gate, but but that's also a lovely. A lovely way to get a wicket, and and it, yeah, I mean, as I said before, it started to spin, and and that's kind of why I, I think that you know Afghanistan will will be thinking we should have we should have batted first, and and because you know even Rashid got one to really bite to Glenn Phillips later on in the New Zealand innings. Glenn Phillips, he's a classic Glenn Phillips. The ball's spinning past him, and he's already going, oi! He's <laughs> commentating the delivery as it goes past him. He's he's fantastic, but. Yeah, look, that Santner, Santner ball was beautiful. And, and you know, that Santner catch, Henry through the gate. Yeah, I think there's, there's a few really, you know, awesome moments in that innings for, for New Zealand to, to yeah, to, to look back on the highlights. But yeah, like, as I said, people are going to look back at that highlights and think, gee, what a wonderful win for New Zealand. And it, and it was. It was a wonderful win. And, and, you know, you mentioned run rate before, the way they finished the job really quickly when Afghanistan, you know, Afghanistan 134 for seven or whatever it was, and they went... New Zealand went out, out, out and finished the job and they're all out 139. So that's a big boost to the net run rate again, which, you know, may come in handy later on. So, yeah, very professional job. But, yeah, a few wobbles along the way. A few wobbles along the way, but I think they'll be so pleased that they got contributions from their middle order and that guys like Mitchell Santner, who, if you have a look at the names on paper of all of the famous spinners in this World Cup, Mitchell Santner is probably not in the top six or seven names in terms of, you know, box office household names as far as spinners is concerned. But in terms of the way that he's bowled in this World Cup, the returns that he's got and the impact that he's had for New Zealand, he's been just about the best spin bowler at this World Cup from an MVP for his team point of view. Mm. He has been so important to New Zealand's success that he is, for mine, the most important spinner for their own side in this World Cup so far. 
Yeah, look, he's been he's been so good, and and you know having to carry that mantle of our lead spinner and and not having another one alongside him. You know, they showed the the ODI rankings, uh, bowling rankings in in that uh, during the commentary of that, and those three Afghanistan spinners are, are in that top ten. You know, New Zealand's and New Zealand's two people that feature in that top ten are, are Bolton Henry. So you know, Sant, like you said, Santner's he's not the box office kind of spinner. He doesn't generally spin it huge, but you know, he's, the way he's managed himself, we've talked about him every single, like, I think it's it's a credit to him that every single time we've talked about New Zealand, we, we make a special mention to talk about Mitchell Santner's spell because he's doing such a lovely job with pace, with his control, with, with everything that he's going about. And yeah, I mean, even, you know, he hits a four off, hits a, hits a four off the last ball to, to sort of give New Zealand a bit of extra momentum, hit, you know, some runs against the Netherlands to, to give New Zealand's innings a bit of, you know, momentum going into to that next thing. So yeah, he, he's doing a lovely job. And if he can continue that, we're, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to go far in this tournament if he can keep uh, the way he's playing. And yeah, usually, usually now at this point in the podcast, we do start to, to look ahead. It now, you know, shapes as a, a mouthwatering clash uh, for, on Sunday night for New Zealand against India and, and, and then Australia after that. So yeah, New Zealand's done a, a, a great job. I think people talked about our draw to go, you know, to have England first and then three sides who they were on paper expected to beat. Uh, you know, you mentioned banana skin before. I think we're almost at the point where, you know, there's no banana skins because all of these sides can beat each other on, on their day. But, you know, New Zealand were expected to win these games and, and that comes with a little bit of extra pressure itself. But they've got through all four and now it's just a matter, now it's a matter of, we're almost at the semi-finals. Like we've just got to pick up a couple more wins against any of these sides, and we're there. So, yeah, big, big, big opportunity. I think I think you look at it now as a big opportunity. It's a not a free hit because you're better than that. You're a better side than thinking that you're going into a game against India and against Australia as a a free hit. But it it is almost that in the way that you know they they've got some they've got some room to to move and, and maneuver now in this tournament so yeah very exciting prospect coming up for for New Zealand huge prospects for New Zealand um if you're Irish you'd say sure it was a huge opportunity <laughs> Sunday night is a huge game for New Zealand to measure themselves against India and also for India to measure themselves against New Zealand you know if they're going to go I mean, they've let's 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 wind it back a little bit let's walk it back <laughs> india have got bangladesh tonight they yep. need to win that game they need to win it well so let's let's take care of business there but then we look ahead to sunday's game against new zealand that will be i think the first time that india will come across a side that's in consistent form in the competition australia have been inconsistent afghanistan have been inconsistent pakistan have been inconsistent they've beaten all of those sides so far on Sunday, India will come up against a consistently good New Zealand side that will put them under pressure. And I think it will be really interesting to see how both sides react to that, how both sides cope with losing three for 10, being in a little bit of trouble, et cetera, et cetera. We've seen India do a good job of being three for 10 against Australia and then come home, even though it was a smaller chase than I think they should expect to have against New Zealand. So India, New Zealand Sunday will be terrific. But let's have a look at the slate of the games uh, Thursday night through Saturday night. We've got India-Bangladesh tonight, which will be a huge game. We expect a massive turnout for that. Then we've got Australia-Pakistan on the 20th, and then a double header on Saturday night, England-South Africa, which will be huge, mm. and the Netherlands-Sri Lanka, which even though both sides are at the bottom, 
the Netherlands on the back of their victory against South Africa will be fancying themselves. Absolutely. So the next three days in this World Cup prove <clears throat> or should hopefully hold some terrific games of cricket. Oh, spot on, spot on. And it, and it, and those those are the games that uh, what we expect will have a big part to play in, in how this tournament shakes out to the to the later part of the you know of the tournament and moving into the semi-final stages because all I think you know New Zealand and India aside, all the other teams in this tournament are well in the mix for that semi-final spot and they're all actually got points to prove. You said before a lot of them have been inconsistent at very different parts of this tournament and, and showed good signs and showed you know bad signs at, at times as well. So yeah, it, it's an exciting couple of days coming up for. For this World Cup and in an exciting few days uh, to be a Black Caps fan, thinking about what's what's up ahead for us. Absolutely, and just on those on those sort of Bangladesh, Netherlands, Sri Lanka, and also Afghanistan as well to a certain extent, those sides will also be competing for can we sneak into that fourth spot in the semi-finals? They'll also be competing against each other. You know, can can we get to fifth spot, sixth spot? You know, they they don't want to be the side that ends up seven, eight, nine, ten in that World Cup standing. So there's a lot to play for for those sides, even if maybe mathematically in the next two games, the semifinals becomes out of contention. Sri Lanka in particular won't want to finish last in this tournament. Absolutely not. They'll have a point to prove against the Netherlands on Saturday. So even though maybe some sides aren't going to feature in the semifinals, they've still got a lot of point to prove. And there's there's going to be some good cricket played along the way. Let's hope that the fielding standards pick up a little and we get to see some really exciting close finishes. Yeah, close finishes. That's that's what we're missing so far in this World Cup. So hopefully we get that over the next couple of days. I think that's probably enough for us uh, for this uh, beautiful Auckland morning. Let's reiterate again, New Zealand top of the table, unbeaten, four from four. We're all very happy here in Auckland. Hope you guys are happy as well. Enjoy the rest of your day and and we'll see you again tomorrow morning on the Top Order Podcast. Thanks for listening.